Welcome to Bullcaster, a talk show for all crypto bulls. Tune in to a live discussion at 3 p.m. UTC every Friday on Bulltrick's Twitter Spaces. Today we're going to talk about, um, you know, again, the bear market, the crypto, so-called crypto winter, what are the efficient strategies, how we can uh, survive in this market, and how can we even flourish. And um, really appreciate for everyone who's joining, so give us a few minutes just while we're going to set up everything, and uh, um, we're going to try to make it short and sweet and entertaining. And at the end of the conversation, you're going to have access uh, to our speaker today to ask any questions you like and or provide just comments, suggestions. Uh, so please stay tuned. Uh, excited to be here. Uh, so I was told that I'm uh, not loud enough. Um, just checking if uh, this is better. Yeah, yeah no, it's better. Thank you. Okay, perfect. Thank you, Dana. Um, Dana is our... Uh, uh, amazing head of marketing who's uh, facilitating all these um, initiatives on um, not only in Twitter spaces, but if you see our vibrant community, um, uh, we have an amazing team of people who are working behind the scenes who you probably see every day, but uh, they're responsible for the videos, for the posts, for uh, making sure that uh, we have always, um, you know, um, just you know, lively conversations and polls, and we actually, you know, care about your feedback. We try to analyze uh, uh, what is, you know, the pulse of the industry and what's, what are your um, basic suggestions are. And that's why, by the way, this talk show is the result of what you uh, what you suggested that you want to hear more of our partners and investors and portfolio companies as speakers and to learn more about them and to do it in the, in the format of Twitter Spaces. Um, so I think I think with with this said um, we can uh, uh, we can start. I will try to speak a bit louder because uh, I don't know why, but my phone today is uh, being a bit uh, <laughs> upset about the market conditions, probably right. Um, so Sean, uh, if you're here ready, please uh, say hello to everyone, and then I'll introduce you really briefly. Sure. Hi, this is Sean, um, otherwise known as Bulvan Gravano on Twitter. Dana, Constantine, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for being here, Sean. And um, you know, this is our first episode, and it's uh, actually an honor to uh, host uh, Sean. I, I, I might uh, just—I am sorry if I will butcher your last name. It's uh, is it Wendell? Is this correct pronunciation? You didn't butcher it one bit. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so Sean Wendell. So he's a co-founder of Moonboots Capital. He's a seasoned digital asset investor, and uh, he's also an influencer. Um, if you will see, his social media is very active and always talking about you know what's happening in the industry, analyzing projects, and. <laughs> Um, experience in, in different markets, both bull runs and bear markets. So without further ado, like uh, Sean, tell us a little bit about your background, right? You know, how did you start in crypto and briefly maybe describe how did you get uh, to work in such an amazing team at Moonboots? Sure, thank you. Um, I, I kind of have a bit of an echo on the back. You know, it just went away. I think Constantine, once you muted, it was all good. Um, so, yeah, I guess start by saying that I was uh, just like anybody else when I first came in. Um, I, I got into I got into crypto in the market in 2017, but a deeper history on me goes back about 20 years. I came in around the uh, the Y2K era into information technology. Went to technical school after college, and 
study just to become like a, you know, a, back then it was like a PC support technician and a network analyst, um, network engineer, I should say. And, um, yeah, early in my career, I was an engineer in the field and got over, kind of migrated over to uh, technical management, service delivery management uh, for the companies that I worked for in corporate. Uh, I worked for some companies, uh, some well-known companies like Siemens out of Germany, uh, big te- technical company, obviously. Um, there's there's Siemens Medical, Siemens Real Estate, engineering, things like that. But I was on the uh, technology and service side. Um, later on, I I got my introduction into finance because i worked at morgan stanley um i managed about 125 engineers at morgan stanley in new york city uh they typically supported everything from the equities and derivatives and uh uh trading floors and um a lot of the uh, the market data apps and um everything down to the uh, the uh, the uh and turret phones on the trade floor so it was a lot of what i did was on the on the technical and, and you know the IT side of things for, for a good 20 years, but I worked, I, I worked side by side with, with traders on the trade floor at the time and um, got my introduction, especially around you know, say 2005, 2006, 2007, when, when the markets and banking was <clears throat> really, really crazy. And, and there was a lot of money to be made. And uh, I got my injection, I guess, of adrenaline into, into finance. And, um, and then came the crash back then. You know, there was a, I don't know if anybody saw the the, uh, the movie uh, Too Big to Die. It was about the banking system around that time. A lot of banks like Lehman Brothers imploded. And um, I, I was in New York during that time, during the crash, and came out of it eventually. Um, came got, got, out of, got out of this field when I got the introduction. Well, I, I would say about a year after I got the introduction to crypto. Um, I, I knew about Bitcoin. I knew what Bitcoin was from, you know, on a high level, didn't have a deep understanding of it back in, you know, 2014, 2015. What it was until maybe 2017, where, um, I was introduced not only to, to Bitcoin, but more, I think I made my first investment in Ethereum before anything else. Um, Ethereum was somewhere around a hundred bucks in 2017, $140. And, um, I was hooked from, from that point on. Um, I, I just, I loved everything about the industry. You know, I, I took the time to learn. Um, there were, there were low level communities, small communities out there. Um, everything from, uh, you know, just very simplified stuff on Twitter. Um, I was one of those people who followed, you know, picked, picked out a few people and, and followed everything that they said and, um, chased, chased everything as it pumped. Um, bought at the wrong time and then couldn't understand why um why i was losing money because shortly after that things were dumping um so so i i made a lot of those mistakes that that i think a lot of people can can relate to back in 2017 um again everything was kind of elementary back then we were just learning we were the people in those troll boxes on some of those really cheap nasty uh exchanges that that didn't survive over the next two years but you know, just, just following the, the advice of some random anonymous person and, you know, learning by our mistakes. And, and I think that's one of the, one of the things that helped me improve as an investor and trader, just making those mistakes, um, learning from my mistakes and then taking the time to learn, you know, and, and get more educated along the way. Perfect. No, that's, uh, 
but it's an amazing journey. And, uh, you know, coming to the reality of today's, you know, like, so we, <laughs> we've seen that in 2021, Bitcoin supposedly died like 45 times according to, you know, uh, mainstream media. Like, and, uh, you know, you, I, you as everyone else probably saw that, you know, in previous cycles that happened even more times. Yet we're still here talking about crypto. The industry is growing and uh, flourishing in many ways. People are building products and uh, um, even though the sentiment is negative, um, we still continue to, you know, to, to, to try to educate people and try to understand what's, what's uh, the next big thing. So, so my question to you is like, what is your vision of the current market situation and where do you see it's going? Sure, I'll get into that. And just to, uh, just to go back on what you were saying, when you hear what the, uh, the mainstream media talks about, if, if you've been in this business for a while, you get to a point where it becomes amusement for you just to see what the, uh, the mainstream media is talking about. And, and you almost like, uh, you know, you almost counter trade the, the way, uh, you know, they report the, um, the market. So again, you, you take that with a grain of salt over time. We, we've seen, we've seen how they talk about Bitcoin is going to zero over and over and over again. You know, they're always like, they're always a little bit behind. They, they, they're, they're reactionary, right? They see, uh, Bitcoin retrace and suddenly it's the end of the world. And, and you sit back as a seasoned investor and you kind of chuckle about it and, you know, yeah, it is what it is, but you, you know, it's not going anywhere. Um, there's going to be, there's going to be bumps in the road. Some of them are going to be bigger bumps than others. Um, especially when it comes to vulnerabilities in the network, um, hacks, um, governments that are tightening, tightening up regulations, Things like that to, to a novice can can scare someone off, um, but news like that has been consistent over the last you know six seven eight years. Something always comes up, um, but but really from the investor side, people have kind of like a short term memory when it comes to that. They move on and and you know they get back to you know recognizing that there are legitimate. Um, projects out there and, and there are there's top 10 projects that have been out there for for six seven years and continue to build and continue to grow and continue to uh drive adoption for crypto and um you know have been doing a lot for the for the ecosystem and and we've really matured in that respect so um but but the current market situation the way i see it so there, there's definitely come to a point it's it's come to a point where there's been an oversaturation of projects that really don't seem a lot of them don't seem to have a need for blockchain um and more so no need for their own token so you start to question that and you start to wonder if some of these are just simply cash grabs um you know looking to take advantage of good market conditions then they disappear after the first surge of investors um and that is kind of a rinse and repeat effect and sometimes it's the same developers same ceos that that move on to a new project and somewhat anonymous and they, they do it again and again and again and to me Things like this become a top signal um, that we're that we're due for a correction. Um, it, it happened before. It happened in 2017 where the money was just too easy. Like garbage projects were making crazy money for for investors, people who are just looking to get in and get out, and that's what they were doing. And eventually, we you know a confliction point where it, it just couldn't continue along that same path, and things came crashing down. Well. In a similar respect, obviously, there's other factors that go into it, but that's kind of happening again. Um, NFTs, same situation, right? Oversaturation, copy-paste projects where there's really no originality or any clever utility for the token. Um, we saw a lot of these NFTs. People were buying them, 
sticking them in their open sea and looking in their wallet. And, you know, a couple months later, they've devalued so much because there's no originality in them that you can't give them away. Um, obviously there's, there's quality projects out there, but they're, you know, it's, they're, you know, if there's one out of every 20, that's a quality project. That's, that may be, um, you know, that may be being gracious. Um, so again, there's just pumping out a lot of unoriginal garbage has been part of the reason why, you know, we, we hit a top. Um, then you got to look at some of the other risk that's been exposed, right? We've had investors scared off recently. You look at the Luna crash along with the de-pegging of UST, um, that, that exposed algorithmic stable coins in a big way. Uh, a lot of people are afraid to get back into them, even, even stable, stable coins that are fully collateralized, um, you know, and, and not algorithmic. You know, people don't have the confidence yet to get back into that. Um, and then along with that comes the SEC. They want to start cracking down more and, um, have the more regulations in crypto, which in, in reality may not be such a bad thing that, you know, making the, the safe, the space safer for investors, um, maybe what we, what we need to some extent, um, as long as they don't step in and try and take things over too much. Um, that's, that would be one of my concerns, but then you got banning of, um, Bitcoin mining in some countries. You got the hacks like we've had the day, um, Harmony one, there was, I think upwards of a hundred million dollars stolen, um, through a vulnerability at the, uh, in the Harmony Bridge. So, you know, factors like, like that, but then other factors outside of crypto, like inflation, um, negative reports from the Fed that put fear of a recession into the market. Uh, what else? Interest rates going up, housing markets reaching a bubble, um, global conflicts with wars. These are all things that we have no control over inside the crypto market, but they have an effect on the market and they're going to cause instability and apprehension from investors. The people who rather, I guess, save their money and um, hold on to it right now, rather than invest in what could be perceived as a high risk asset. So, um, you know, with all that on top of the fact that I also think we've been in a bear market since maybe November of last year. Um, you know, I, I constantly reflect on, you know, my charts and I look at trading view and, um, you know, when some people are now saying, oh, the, you know, I think, you know, finally admit that the bear market's uh, just starting. Well, you know, we, we topped out back in November of last year and we've been on a steady decline ever since. Um, so, so at this point, you know, we may be a good seven months already into a bear market. So if you want to look at it from a glass half full perspective, um, we may have a shortened um, bear market ahead of us, you know, if, if things pan out well. For sure. And again, like this, you know, it never starts like uh, suddenly. It's like gradually, then suddenly, like for, for people who are, have experience, they, they saw that coming because the market is already like overinflated. Now, for someone who's just new to the market, it like it happened like all of a sudden out of nowhere, but it's, it, it's never the case. And you mentioned many uh, reasons which coming from a traditional world, like, in a, like so we're having a global recession, inflation is like over the roof, you know, so. So you're 100% right. The question is, uh, I would say the next question is, right, how do we deal with this, right? How do we make sure we, we build uh, 
like risk management and proper strategies to actually benefit from the bear market because a lot of uh, uh, crypto OGs actually saying that this is an amazing time to buy actually instead of buying it on the, on the high right and the second point is like I would I would also segue to the other part of the question is like how do we make sure that some of our portfolio companies some of the companies that are listing right now they're going to IDOs um, how do they survive how do we make sure that those launches are also, also successful yeah, um, you make some good points. So, well, well, and it's not anybody's fault if they're new to the market, but the perception can be that, you know, the sky is falling right now, right? Um, but for, for people who have been in the market for a while and learned how to read the market, you can kind of forecast what's coming down the road. Maybe not to um, an exact science, but you can see a lot of the external factors that, that lead into this. Um, and, and people who are seasoned um, have learned to prepare for bear, bear markets, right? Take, take the most out of, a, out of a bull market as they can. And one of those, um, one of those strategies that, that good traders and, and investors implement in bull markets, which new investors often don't, is to take profit on the way up. I'm sure people hear that all the time. Um, I, I definitely promote that. From, from my social media account, tell people that, listen, these, these tokens are not meant to be held on to forever, tucked under the pillow and, and just, um, you know, kept for an eternity. Um, you see people who put tweets out there, never selling my tokens. Well, you know, what are you in this for if you're never selling your tokens? Um, you know, you're, you're here to, as an investor, you're looking to create financial stability for yourself, for your family, right? So you need to take profit on the way up. And it's not just to make money now, it's to be profitable for the long run and, and to get yourself through a bear market. Um, have kind of a, a stash of capital tucked away to get you through the bear market and, and also to have it to reinvest when prices are low again. Um, so, so for a lot of people who are um, who are well-educated in the market, they see a bear market as their opportunity to get back in to maybe to, maybe projects that they loved during the, the, the bull market, wisely sold off some near the, not even at the top, but on the way up and looking to get back into again, because it's a great project, because it's a sustainable long-term project. Um, and, and that's the way to do it. So again, taking profit on the way up, putting putting uh, funds into either cold storage or um, stabling up, you know, getting into stable coins. There are some platforms out there, even with some of the FUD that, that you hear right now, um, there are platforms out there, safe platforms for, for putting your stable coins up there and getting, getting a realistic uh, APY and collecting some interest while you're waiting for the next bull market. So again, I always say, don't try and uh, catch projects on the way down. Don't be a knife catcher as they call it. Um, be smart in how you uh, dollar cost average in. If it's a project that you're already invested in, dollar cost averaging is a good technique um, as long as you're smart about it. But not something I'd recommend for a project that you're not in. Like if you're not already invested in something, uh, I, I wouldn't recommend dollar cost averaging into something because you don't already have a stake in it. So you just never know how much further in a bear market that particular token is going to go down. So you may look at something and be like, ah, it's 75% down now. You know, this is a good time to jump in. Don't forget that, that from, from your entry, 75% down, you can go another 90% down from your entry. Um, you just don't know where it's going to end. So let the market kind of dictate your re-entry to tokens. Uh, wait for the market to actually turn. Wait for the hype to build back up again. People will be talking about it. You don't have to catch the exact bottom. So, you know, 
that would be that would be my recommendation um you know take this time to instead you know you don't have to always be in a trade but um you know kind of you know research the industry um learn more about market psychology learn about protocols chains understand smart contracts um get more familiar with the differences between centralized and decentralized exchanges um learn how to trade on both of them um and I guess learn learn a little bit more about fundamental analysis um, and, and get a basic knowledge of technical analysis, right? Learn to read charts, um, get the perspective of, you know, what is support and resistance, what's volume about, learn about trend lines a little bit. Um, and again, if if you save your money from um, from taking profit on the way up early on, you can buy some of these coins at, you know, discounted prices. And I guess it's as simple as that. Um, if you've been taking the time to learn got a better understanding of the cycles, the market cycles, and when, you know, when's the best time to re-enter the market. Um, you, you can really take advantage of that. <laughs> um, let's, let's jump into, I think, second part of your question was pre-IDO startups and what they need to do. Um, I guess they, they need to be smart about, you know, when they have their, their token generation event, right? Like, for, for people who don't know, that's when they, when they list, when they go on exchanges. And, and Projects should not be pressured by the community when it comes to launching. You don't want to be pressured into launching at a bad time in the middle of a bear market. Um, it's just not wise. I know people are invested. Um, I know people want to get a return on their investment, but you can you can really set yourself up for failure if you launch at a bad time. Um, but at the same time, I would say be super transparent with community. Um, go as far as... Hundred percent. Those are all valuable advices, and I think you know we well, we all gonna benefit if we start applying at least like fifty percent of them, right, on a daily basis. Um, it's a lot of you know knowledge. It's a lot of trial and errors, and uh, uh, we appreciate your expertise to sharing with us. But I think uh, we should probably open up the 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 space to for the questions. We already have two questions. Uh, let's hear from our listeners because you know they're the ultimate pulse. Are how how the industry is feeling so we have two people i guess we start with uh the five star ido um um i think you once you're connecting you're going to be a speaker and feel free to ask question constantine did i lose you on that no i think uh i think five star ido should should ask a question right now do you hear me well yes can you hear me now yes can you hear me now Perfect, yes. Okay, great. Um, actually, it's not a question, but I think something that you didn't touch within. If, if the question is, what projects need to survive a crypto winter? Then I think a good tip for the listeners is to check the VCs that invest in the projects. I think if you go deep into it... I'm not hearing a question. Sorry? Sorry? We actually hear him perfectly, so... Okay. So I'm Yeah, just... I don't hear anything. Um, I don't even see that he's speaking. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you a little bit now. Okay, so I said that if the question is what projects need to survive no, the winter. Constantine, <clears throat> do you want to maybe repeat this question for him? Yeah, let, let's. So, five star, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know your name. So, please uh, just do a short question. I'll repeat it to, uh, to Sean. Okay? okay, no, no, it wasn't a question, so never mind. Yeah, if it's a comment and you want us to elaborate, and that's fine as well. Okay, great. So what I'm saying is one of the good tips for the listeners out there about how, like, what crypto projects needs to survive a crypto winter. 
I would say it's to look into the VCs that invest and the partners of the project. If you go deep into them, their investments, you can see like which VCs tap out when the market is bad and which VCs are staying for the long term. And it's a very good um, factor when thinking about investing in this market. Yeah, makes sense. So basically, yeah, what what Five Star is saying that uh, it's important to also monitor which VCs are like in the projects or tapping out, like you know the the trajectory. It's actually it's a good point because there is I don't know if you've seen there are several aggregators who consolidated like I think crypto ranking like actually showed the portfolio of the winners and losers in the top 10, top 20 VCs. And that was pretty valuable because you can see which bets are successful and whether like with niche, for example, infrastructure projects or gamify or DeFi, et cetera. So yeah, I think it's a it's an interesting point of view. We appreciate your, your sharing that. Um, so now we're gonna open up um, a mic to um, funny, funny faces, I think. <laughs> If this person is speaking, I'm not hearing the questions again, so. Uh, he's not speaking yet, so I think okay. Okay. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, it's a process to become a speaker. Okay. Well, I think he's speaking. We were going to give open up to crypto uh, Mugiwara. I guess Twitter spaces are still new, so not everyone is uh, good at uh, Maybe some connections are problems, so yeah, takes time. Uh, Crypto Magyar, okay. are you able to speak already? Hello, guys. Are you here? Hello, guys. Hello. Hi. Um, I have a question. Uh, what are of some of the good tips for crypto investors who believe in a project in a building, and but the project is still keeping the the financial stability? Um, uh, this this winter, um, the project wants to keep the finance established. Okay, uh, how can you support a project uh, and you are not investing in it? The second part of the question. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I if I got the first part of the question. I, I think the second part was how can how can you support a project if you're not invested in it? Yes, that that's the second part. The first one is. Um, uh, what's the uh, good tips for a project that wants to keep their financial stability, but uh, in this winter? Okay. Sure. Like, <clears throat> so, I, I think I understand it. Um, <clears throat> the so 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 if you want to stay relevant through, I guess what you're calling like a crypto winter. Um, as a as a project, I, I would say that obviously the, the the primary focus should be to continue building, right? Not not worry so much about um, about public just perspective um, or or people who complain about. Yeah, you know, sometimes when people complain about um, what, what a particular project is doing, they don't always have that that um, 
that bigger vision or understanding that that we're in a bear market that everybody's being affected so um if you're if you're sticking to your original goal and, and your original plan when you when you first launched and when you first created the project and, and you're operating on your timeline and you're being i i guess in the during a crypto winter, during a bear market, you, you want to keep your community engaged, right? You want to, you want people to understand what you're doing. So, be be active in your in your social channels, like your your Twitter on your Twitter or in your Telegram. Have have uh, have your C level employees of that project out there talking um, to the community, engaging them, telling them basically that you're, that you're sticking to the path that you're, that you're continuing to build, um, publish things, publish medium articles, talking about, um, some of the technical updates that you've made, um, some of the progress, you know, highlight the progress that you made during this time. Um, and again, over communicate to people, be super transparent, um, stick to like, if you've already, if you've already launched your, if you're a project that's already out there and, and you're on exchanges, well, you know, when, when you have, when you have vesting schedules to early, early investors or people who came in pre-IDO, um, I, I hope for one, that you were fair about your, your schedule, um, that you're not releasing too much to VCs early, that, that you were, you're cognizant of that and, and that you're not going in and modifying these things too much with, with your investors, because there's a trust that you've built with them. Um, and I'll, and I'll see where, where projects do that on the fly and they just make changes. Well, you know, they enter into these agreements with, with their investors where their investors can't modify what they're doing on their side, but projects sometimes seem to think that since this is, uh, you know, more of an unregulated, um, environment that they can just make changes on the fly and only consider what's good for them and not what's fair and good for their investors. There has to be some kind of middle ground. So I think as long as you're fair and transparent and you're constantly talking about what you're building, um, that's, that's the way you should operate during a bear market. And the second part of your question, if you're not invested in a project, but you want to support them, then I think this is the best way to do it is to, you know, go, go into their, um, social media channels, go into their communities, go on Telegram and, and, and just talk about it, promote it. Um, I'm not sure if you don't have a vested interest, it, it, you know, not sure what, what the motivation would be, but if there is motivation, say you have a friend working for them or, you know, uh, or it's a project you worked with in the past, maybe somebody with a different project who's not working with this project and you want to support them. Um, again, the best way is to be an active community member. Perfect. Thank, thank you, you so thank much. much. And thank you, Sean, for the answer. So I guess this is, we're going to get the last question uh, for today's um, uh, session. So Moxie. Okay, Moxie, you're a speaker now, please. Hello. Hi, Sean. Hello. Can everyone hear me? Can hear you. Okay, cool. Um, so we all know that every crypto project has a plan, a roadmap. Um, do you think that the projects need to at least discuss within the team or with their partners, investors, what their plans are when the, the beer market knocks on the door? And if you think yes, how should they do that? Thanks. Sure. Thanks for asking. So I'll go back to my, my comment that that transparency and communication in this business are paramount. Um, it's extremely important. If you want to be a successful project, um, I, I think sometimes projects have a little bit of an arrogance factor in this market. Um, they don't realize that, that we're still in an immature market and an immature space, right? And, and 
they always say, well, the, you know, the product will, will market itself. The project will carry us through. Um, you know, they, they don't really seem to grasp the, the reality that, um, to be successful, you need to be inclusive and you need to communicate. Right. And that's, that's all the way down to strategy and how you're going to operate through a bear market. Uh, you know, bull market's easy. Everybody's making money. Everybody's happy. You don't have, you don't have angry customers or investors. Um, the bull market is a challenge. That's where you kind of, that's your opportunity. If you're, if you're a strong project, it's your opportunity to shine. Um, and, and again, it's how well you communicate with, with VCs, early investors, um, people in the community who have vested their time and their money. Uh, you, you have to take those things into consideration. Um, some people have put in considerable investments and, and then that's the reality of it. And, and those investments are now sitting in limbo because it's a bear market. And that may not be your responsibility as a, you know, because it's a bear market, but it is your responsibility to take into account that these people are vested. Um, you're vested in a different way because you run the project and um, you hold that close to your heart and, and it's something you're building, but these people um, you know, th these people are trying to build, you know, wealth for them and their family. And, and some of them really, you know, some of them believe in the technology behind your product and, and think it could really solve, um, solve a real world problem and, and have a vested interest. So communicate with them, tell them what you're doing, tell them how you're building, um, and give them some kind of assurance that, that you're not going anywhere, that you're going to hold to your promises and, and give them a little bit of insight into, into how you're going to operate through that bear market. And again, it all comes with just over communicating and transparency. Perfect. I, I think Maxi, we, we answered your question, right? Um, yes. Yeah, thank, thank you very much. much. Yes. And we appreciate uh, everyone who's uh, you know, been participating. Actually, we have uh, 52 people right now and we know we're only starting. It's, uh, so I'm sure we're going to have more and more people. Uh, thank you, Sean, for sharing your insights and your vision and the card market situation. Uh, thank you to all the cryptos for joining us today. And uh, um, we'll see, you know, everyone on next episode on Bullcaster and for all the crypto bulls, it will happen at three. 3 p.m. UTC on our Twitter spaces every Friday. Uh, so thank you, Sean, again. No, yeah, I appreciate thank you for uh, thank you for having me on. Uh, if I could just tell everybody, if you're if you're new to the markets, hang in there. Um, again, take this time to learn. Um, don't worry about trading every single day. You don't have to be an active trader all the time, but just prepare yourself for the next bull market. Because um, Constantine will tell you that they come in cycles. It, you know. But we'll go into a bear. We'll, we'll always, you know, we'll always see bullish times. It'll come back. It's just, you know, it's a matter of how long. Obviously, some are longer, shorter, but everything comes in a cycle. So just get yourself prepared for the next one. Exactly. And with this positivity and with this outlook, we're going to call it a day. And again, appreciate everyone who participated. Please join us on our social media and uh, vote for other guests, for other for the questions. We might invite uh, even the previous guests one more time if you really like the answers. And I'm sure we're going to collaborate with Sean more and more. Thank you so much. Thank you.